I'm taking the guesswork out of cleaning for people. So you don't have to look and say, what's the messiest part of my house? Where am I going to start today? You just say, okay, well, today is bathrooms day. So that's what we're going to do today. And you do that and you move on. Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan. And mamas, today on the show, we're talking to Becky Rapinchuk, founder of Clean Mama. Becky created her Clean Mama routine years ago out of necessity. She was sick of cleaning all weekend long and living with the crazy during the week. Oof, aren't we all? Using this simple routine, she realized that just a little bit every day was helping keep things clean most of the time. And after three kids, different work schedules, traveling, and running a business, she realized it was still working, and it was time to share her ideas with the world. Today, Becky is going to share how she built Clean Mama, an organizational and cleaning-focused business with over 1 million social media followers, and let us in on her cleaning routine so we can keep our own homes a little more sane. As always, stick around until the end of the show to hear my top three takeaways from this conversation with Becky, or you can head over to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Becky for the complete show notes and to download your free printable meal planners. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Becky, welcome to the Smart Money Mama show. Hey, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you on the show because you are not a money blogger. We're going to go a little <laughs> bit different route today. And we're going to talk about cleaning. Can you tell me a little bit about Clean Mama and how that came to be? Absolutely. I started Clean Mama back in 2009. So I've been doing this for quite a while. Well, my husband was in like a trading job scenario and the markets crashed in 2008. So that directly impacted us. And I started a blog as a result of that, <laughs> looking for another stream of revenue, maybe. I mean, that was kind of the thought process. So you're finance adjacent. Yeah. Is he still in the financial space? No. What does he do now? He is in insurance. So yeah, that's totally different. <laughs> 2009 is still pretty early in the blogging game. Like there wasn't as many people talking about how to build a blog. And so how did you decide to start a website as a potential stream of income? I had a friend that recommended it because I was always talking about how I was cleaning and what I was doing. She's like, oh, you should start a blog. And I honestly had no idea what a blog was. I did not read them. I <laughs> was completely like, who knows? At that point, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had two little kids under two, four, three. I don't I can't even think. They were um, small. They were little. <laughs> and that was my main focus. So when I started the blog, I was not looking at it as like a revenue stream per se, in the same sense that, but I was thinking it could maybe lead to something. So what I started and how I started to make money blogging was I wrote everything, did everything on Blogger, if anyone remembers that. So I did all the images, everything all was, did all myself. And it, I mean, it, to me, it looked amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> at now time. at the time, and now looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness. Now I have an art and design background. So I was an art teacher for 10 years and did a lot of graphic design. So I have an eye for that. So it came, it was fun for me to do too. But where I ended up starting to kind of see the revenue stream was when I opened up an Etsy shop, which was back when Etsy was starting. And I was actually the first person to sell a homekeeping printable on Etsy. Wow. So my husband actually was like, I can't believe you would, 
It's like, that's the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> Why, so how, could you, how could you sell something that someone can't actually purchase? Like they don't actually get it in their hand. They can't touch it. That makes no sense. That's not a good way to make money, you know? And I was like, well, let me try it. It's not, it doesn't cost anything. It was just my time creating these printables and designing them. And I did really well <laughs> doing that. So that was a really fun to kind of, you know, <laughs> stick it to them. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, so I did that. And that was kind of how I continued to share my cleaning tips and my cleaning routine, how I cleaned a house, our house with little kids in not a lot of time, how the focus wasn't on getting the house immaculate, but actually having a system in place so that things could get clean regularly. And that was how it all kind of started. And it, my vision for Clean Mama has always been the same, sharing the system, helping other families succeed with a clean home when we don't have time to clean all day. We're definitely going to have to talk about that, especially with so many people in the audience at home and trying to do virtual school and working from home. And I know we have a lot of cleaning questions. But I do want to ask, the majority of your business is still digital printables, right? No, I have a product line as well. So I right now, the majority of my business is, it's probably 50-50. So I have a subscription, which is digital, and that's Homekeeping Society. So that is, that's a good portion. But then also I have printables in my shop to sell free printables, and I sell actual products. So I have spray bottles and cleaning cloths and candles and all those other home goods as well. So are you still on Etsy? No, I'm not. You can still find me there. I have my shop there and it redirects to my actual shop, but just to kind of hold my place there. So you can see, you know, like, yep, she, you know, she was here, that sort of a thing, but it's not, I don't sell on there at all. How'd you make that business decision to switch over to your own platform? They were charging a percentage per sale and I had more traffic on my blog versus that. I was bringing in more traffic myself. And at the time, it was something I fought with for about a year. Like, should I switch? Should I not switch? And then I finally just decided to switch. But I kept them both. And then I watched to see how, like, once my actual shop eclipsed Etsy in sales, then I pulled out of Etsy. It was about a year and a half where I had both running. But it was a lot. It was a lot of work answering all the questions. I mean, it was just double where I could have everyone coming to one place instead. I mean, I think that's a lot of people's journey, right, is they start selling on a platform that's known to have traffic, and then they they find their own place. And it sounds like you did start this with the goal of it being a business. Did you think it would grow to where it is now? I mean, you have over 600,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> you are like the cleaning go-to person. Was this what you expected to happen? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I, I mean, honestly, when I started... I didn't even want to have a Facebook account. All I wanted was my blog. I don't know how to explain it other than I have a personal Facebook page, but I post nothing to it. It's not something that I'm into. I don't, I just don't like that whole social media thing. So to actually have successful social media pages, over a million followers on them combined is like crazy to me just because if I'm following someone, I'm probably going to get their email or their newsletter. I'm not really interested in the online part of it, but people love that. So I, I've learned how to show up for people in those spaces in ways that help them, but still hold true to my, like, I don't want to be on there all the time, or I don't want to be sitting, scrolling Instagram for three hours a day. You know, I have to kind of balance that out. 
Do you have a team now? I don't know if I'd call it a team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You could say what I, at this point, I found the most success by having people that I contract out for certain things. So I have designers that work with me every week. There's someone that I go to when I need video. So I have certain people that do certain things for me, but we don't congregate weekly and I, I don't send them a regular paycheck per se. They're not on the payroll. I do have my sister helps me with my Instagram and my sister-in-law helps me with emails. So that's my team. <laughs> Can I tell you how much I love it when women build successful businesses that then employ other women? <laughs> it yeah. just makes me so happy that like you get to go from stay-at-home mom to having this business that lets you work from home. It's yeah. fantastic. Thank you. Now, this is a platform where we talk about money. We talk about working moms in particular. So I want to ask, how is that transition to building a business with having young kids at home, being the stay-at-home mom? How did you find that balance over the last 10 years? I will start by saying when I, so I started Clean Mama in 2009. In 2010, I ended up needing to get a job outside of the house. So I worked overnights at Target because then I could work there and then come home. My husband could leave and do his job. So we were both we didn't want to do childcare and couldn't afford it. And that was kind of how that worked. Then I transitioned from that to a full-time job where I was an admissions counselor. So I told them I had this job doing this website. They were like, that's fine. No problem. <laughs> and so they knew it up front, but I was working like 50 to 60 hours a week as an admissions counselor and hustling clean mama. I ended up getting pregnant with our third kid at that time. And I worked for that as an admissions counselor for three years, but we got insurance and, but it, you know, it was definitely like if where you, you want to talk about money, I couldn't just go from one to the other. I had to hustle the other things. And sometimes people say, oh, you shouldn't have to do that side job or you shouldn't, but you know what? It made it so much better. And I appreciate it so much more knowing how hard I worked to get here. And it also made me work harder at Clean Mama because I was motivated to be done with the other stuff. <laughs> So I could see if I did this and this and this and was consistent with it, that the website would start to catch on and take off. I was able to quit the admissions counseling job when my youngest was a year and a half. So I did that for three years, but I had a book deal. I was like, I can't write a book because at that point I was anonymous on my blog. No one knew my last name. I never post pictures of my family. Like I'm try to be as anonymous as possible. When I got the book deal for my first book back in 2013, I was like, well, do I have to use my last name? And they're like, well, if you want to be paid, yes, you do. <laughs> so that I was like, I can't be an admissions counselor and be public that way and have the other. So I was able to quit that. And then I was like, well, this better work. I've got about three months to figure it out. And if it doesn't, if it's not generating the income that I think it's going to be, then I'll have to get something else. So that was my motivation. (laughs) And it's just kind of like snowballed through the years. And I think that there weren't a lot of people talking about cleaning. No one was talking about homekeeping, but we all have to do it. And by me consistently showing up and talking about it and sharing resources and ways to get it done, that's what actually has grown the business rather than it took me having to show up for my audience and showing up consistently. When in that journey did you start the Etsy shop? 2010. So right away. It was like, I started the blog in September of 2009. 
And I opened the Etsy shop in March of 2010. Actually, before that, I had another Etsy shop where I was I was taking vintage postcards and putting them in little fra- Ikea frames and hand painting them. And that was like a dud. Like no one wanted those. <laughs> they were darling. And I sold them in boutiques, but no one wanted them on Etsy. So it wasn't like the first thing I tried, like took off. But <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> When you left your admissions job, you were making some money on Clean Mama, just you weren't where you wanted to be yet. Right. Right. It wasn't it wasn't enough to at that point it was it was doing pretty good. It was it was fine. And what was your husband doing for work over this period? You said he's in insurance now. It was the same. Yep. He's been doing that for like a little over ten years. Tell me about your cleaning strategy. What was what it makes Clean Mama's process different than some of the other people who talk about cleaning now? The process is that it's designed to work in any situation. So if you are living by yourself in an apartment, you can do the routine. If you are with a family and you have 12 kids, you can do the routine. It's in an everywhere in between, all different life stages. I have a lot of retired people that are reaching out saying that they were feeling aimless at home and being retired and they do my routine and they love it because it gives them something to do every day. The thought process for me is I'm taking the guesswork out of cleaning for people so you don't have to look and say, what's the messiest part of my house? Where am I going to start today? You just say, okay, well, today is bathrooms day, so that's what we're going to do today. And you do that and you move on. And so you're doing something every day. You're not like having a a cleaning day of the week. Exactly. And when I started the routine, I was newly married. We had a one-bedroom apartment. I'm a naturally clean person. So it wasn't like it was a disaster in any sense of the word. And I had like three jobs while I was teaching. When I started teaching, I've always just worked. Always been hustling. (laughs) Yeah, always hustling. So I worked at Pottery Barn. I worked at a pizza place. And then I taught. So I was like doing all these side jobs and things. And then... Saturday morning, my husband had his second job. He'd be gone in the morning and I would clean. It would take me all morning to clean this one bedroom stinking apartment. <laughs> like It was like, are you kidding me? This is just one little kitchen, a living room, a bathroom, and a bedroom. And it would take all day or all at least like four hours. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I started talking to my grandma about it because I knew, I mean, she was fastidious and I was like, she had to have systems. She was working back in the 50s with three kids. I mean, totally not not normal in any sense of the word, you know, how things were at that point. But she was like, well, you just do one thing every day. And that's what you do. And I was like, huh, that doesn't really like, what do you mean by that? And so then she was saying, well, you know, those dish towels I have, you know, this day is my washing day and this day is ironing day. And so I kind of translated that to the different things that I actually did. I divided it out and said, okay, we have to clean the bathrooms, we have to dust, we have to vacuum, we have to wash floors. Those are the things we do. We do them in that order. We catch up on things on Fridays because I know that not every week is going to go swimmingly. And there will be times when things are just different and something gets thrown in there that we need to catch up on. But if I don't have time to catch up on something on Friday, it's still going to be there the next week. So Monday is still going to come around. The bathrooms will still be there. They'll still be dirty. They'll still need to be cleaned. So I kind of have more of a like, hey, it's just dirt <laughs> philosophy. It's And we know what to do. When we have time to do it, we do it. So how much time a day are you spending on your task? Okay, if I, if I have a 
main tasks. So my bathrooms day, I have a routine down. I can do four bathrooms in 15 minutes, but I don't wash the floors or vacuum or anything, those bathrooms on Mondays. I'd save that for Wednesday for vacuuming day and Thursday for floor washing day. So that cuts that time down. Yesterday, I showed on my Instagram feed that I was dusting. I only had 10 minutes. I set my timer for 10 minutes and I just did what I could. I got the first floor done. Next week, I will do the second floor for dusting and that's fine. Or if I feel like doing something on Friday, I can do it on Friday too. But I try to spend under a half an hour a day on those cleaning tasks for sure. But then I have five daily tasks. And that's where I always tell people to start because those are the things that you're already probably doing or you know you probably should do them, like making your bed, which makes a difference. It just does. I always recommend doing a load of laundry, especially if you have a family with multiple kids. It will alleviate a lot of stress and make it just so much easier because it only takes a couple minutes to do that load of laundry, whereas five baskets full of laundry to fold is going to take you a couple hours on a Saturday and it's the worst. So <laughs> you just look at that pile and you <laughs> Oh, and it's just I don't like want to do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we've got our our make the beds, laundry, we wipe counters. So after meals, just do a quick wipe down of the counters. If you can only manage one time a day, do it at dinner. After dinner, wipe down those counters so that when you wake up in the morning, your kitchen is clean and you're ready for the next day. I usually will associate wiping the counters with putting dishes in the dishwasher, cleaning up after meals, and then we do clutter every day, which is huge if you have little kids and big kids (laughs) or no kids. I mean, everyone deals with clutter. It can be anything from the mail from the day to the socks that are sitting on the steps or anything like that. And then the fifth daily task is to check the floors. So this could be a visual sweep. Is there anything on the floor? (laughs) This could be get out the broom and get the crumbs after mealtimes. It could be, you could do it once a day. It's kind of whatever you need it to be. There are people that follow me that say that they have to vacuum every day. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) I am not... I'm not that person. I don't vacuum every day. I just feel like... It's a lot of vacuuming. It's a lot of vacuuming. (laughs) (laughs) So those are the five daily tasks. And those are the things I always say to start with because they're things that you probably should be doing and they're going to... You're going to add one at a time. You can start by making your bed. You can do that every day for a week. And then the next week you could say, okay, I'm going to make my bed and I'm going to do a load of laundry every day this week. So you're going to do those two things. You just stack those things together. And as you stack them together, you're going to find success. Your home's going to stay cleaner. I guarantee if you are consistent with your cleaning, it makes it so much easier. And there's so much less to do. That's where the secret is. And until you can see that in your own home, you're not going to understand the method behind the madness because it's magic when everything clicks together and you are able to see how your home is kind of worrying in the background and working. It's special. So regardless, if you work outside of the home, you work in your home. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're working in your home. Like, oh yeah. I mean, it's all the same. Like either you're outside the home or you're in your home and that's it. So I find that you're going to see just putting those little things into your day 
fitting them in when it makes sense for you is how it's going to really work in your home. So I know clutter is one of the five daily tasks. How much is decluttering important to starting this process? So what I'm thinking about with the five daily activities, right, is like one wipe down the counter. If you have piles that live on your kitchen counter, you can't wipe down the counter. And so to really get started, do you have to do like a deep, clean declutter first? You don't. (laughs) Because if I told you that you did, you're not going to be able to start the routine. Because you're going to be frustrated with the if you have piles of counter clutter or clutter in rooms, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to be like, forget it. This is fine. I'm going to live with the dirt. I don't care. That And that's what I don't want to happen. But that's why there's clutter on that task list. What I always recommend is if you are drowning in clutter, but you want to start somewhere, you start with those daily tasks. And then you could even make a list, walk through your house. I did a five-day home reset a couple weeks ago all we did was we walked through our house, we wrote down the different areas that were cluttered or that it could be anything from a pencil cup to a purse to a whole room, but you write those things down and then in your daily clutter task, you choose one of those things and you work at it. You could set your timer for 10 minutes, you could set it for an hour, but you just get consistent with working on that every day and little by little, you'll see start to see progress some people say you should get everything decluttered, and but if you've been cluttered for years, <laughs> it's it, it's not that easy. You have to learn how to start doing it every day, and then it's going to be easier for you. Do you have any advice on avoiding clutter coming into our home? So, like, I have toddlers, and I feel like there's just constant grandma and grandpa dropping off little toys, and then the mail, and there's just always stuff coming into the house. How do you control the new clutter? It's hard. I mean, now they're toddlers and so that might feel really difficult, (laughs) which I know it does. But when they get older, the stuff that they come home with is, I mean, every day from school, like stacks of paper and like, I mean, the pandemic has been good for that because everything's kind of gone digital. So we have less influx of incoming paper. But when the kids are little, I think honestly, if I were a grandparent, I would want to be showering my grandchildren with gifts. I would because it would make me so happy to see them happy. But if my son or daughter said, "You know what? We've got enough. Can you do something with them or take them somewhere or do an experience instead? Is there something we could do besides bringing in all the gifts?" That would be really important or helpful or special. <laughs> I think that it's important to have that conversation because if you're resenting the stuff that they're bringing in, it's going to be like thrown in the basement. I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> it's just, uh, and then also with younger kids, I think I'm a huge fan of like a toy rotation, whether you put them in baskets or bins and have just a handful of things available at any given time, but have other things in bins in a way. And then you can kind of switch those things out so that they have new fresh toys to play with and they're not able to dump 12 baskets on the floor and get everything mixed up, but they'll play like longer and better with smaller groups of things and less toys. Yeah. That's been really interesting play development research about how like they're less likely to get overwhelmed. And so they get more creative with the toys that they have and they do play longer. Yeah. We love the toy rotation. That's great. And you brought up your kids are a little bit older. How do you get them involved in the cleaning routine? Do they have chores? Yeah, I have one in each grade level, well, each level of school. So I have a high schooler, a middle schooler, an elementary age 
kid, I, we've been doing the routine as long as they've been around. So they know it and they have chores, they have expectations. A lot of times it's just me saying, Hey, like before I got on this podcast, I, you know, my kids are home. This is their home days of school. Unload the dishwasher and load it back up and start it. And I walked up and did the podcast. So there's things that I just tell them to do and they do it. It's, and that would have been something that I would have done myself, but because they're here, they get to do it. <laughs> and I think part of it is just just making it normal rather than like, hey, I need help with this. And it's like, okay, now it's time. We're going to do this. Let's do that. And the reason that it works for us is because I've been doing this since they were two. We do our laundry together. Now I don't have to do their laundry with them anymore. But my youngest, I still do. But I can give them the basket and say, here you go. Here's your clean clothes. Go put them away. <laughs> and they do. And so it's just normalizing it. Like this is just part of life. There's always going to be messes. There's always going to be stuff to put away. If you make a mess, you got to clean it up. It's just normal. So I think that that's, to me, that's the secret of it is just normalizing it and not making me not making a huge deal out of, oh, the house is such a disaster. It's such a mess. I'm never going to get it cleaned up. I mean, if you go on and on and on about what a huge drag it is, drag it is how do you think that they're going to react when you're like, go clean your room? No. <laughs> and I think also showing them what to do rather than just telling them what to do, showing them what to do. So instead of just saying, hey, go clean your room, I have to sit with my youngest and like actually say, okay, and split it up. So I'll be like, all right, go pick up all the socks that are under your bed and put them in your dirty clothes basket. Okay, let's go stack up our books that are all over the floor. I mean, just being very specific, just helping him kind of split those tasks up so that it's not just go clean up the room. Well, that's overwhelming. That's never, I mean, that's overwhelming for anyone. But if you can split up those things into categories so that you got them to put away, it makes it so much easier. And it's interesting too, like walking them through that process in the moment takes longer than you just picking up the room, but it buys you the future where you can tell them unload and reload the dishwasher and walk away and they, they do it, right? It's so it's that investment in their future independence. Absolutely. And it's the same thing for me too. When I think to get myself motivated to actually do something, I always think about how I will feel when it's done or how will this make me feel tomorrow? If I clean up, if I leave the kitchen a mess tonight and none of us put anything away. And how will I feel tomorrow morning when I wake up and I still have that same mess there? I have to talk myself through things like that all the time. I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, I'd much rather go sit and watch TV or watch a movie with my husband. Like, I don't want to do it. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it but it's because worth it. the end is real. Yeah. It has to get done at some point anyways. I think that that's, I don't know, just the, the motivator for me, if that makes sense. So Becky, you've worked with or heard from probably thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are cleaning their homes. What do we get wrong? Why do we, how do we make cleaning harder on ourselves? That's a really good question. <laughs> but I think general, like if, I, if you're generalizing everything, I think what people get wrong with cleaning is that you think you have to come up with a specific system. And I think we get bogged down by coming up with the system or the right way to do it. And so you're wasting time and energy as you're trying to like figure out whether that's a system of like, where, what's the dirtiest part of my house today? What do I have? I've got 20 minutes. What can I focus my energy on? If you're doing that all the time, like 
turning your wheels and you're not getting any momentum and getting anything done. I've created this routine. I mean, I have honed it from it was it's not the same as it was when I was newly married and living in that apartment because I've learned what it feels like to be pregnant with my third kid and be traveling out of state on a plane. <laughs> and like I I understand how it is to not be home. I understand how it is to be home and I've figured out how we can work that routine into our system. I it's so funny because people will say to me, like, I've been following you for two years, but I've never tried your routine. I finally <laughs> tried it. I can't believe how well it works. And I'm like, look at all that time you wasted. <laughs> like, just try it. Like, you don't know until you actually try something out. The routine is, it's magic. And I think that the, when we stress so, it's, it's just dirt. Like, just figure out how to clean it and, and move on. I mean, that's kind of where I'm like, it's, it's just dirt, people. Just do it. Just, <laughs> just do, do it. it. <laughs> I could totally see how that happens, though, because your feed, your Instagram feed is so beautiful, and you always have great pictures. It's like, oh, I wish my house looked like that. And then you just kind of let it go <laughs> without being like, right. okay, wait, she's actually teaching me how to make my house look like that. <laughs> well, yeah, and I understand. I totally understand that. And I think, like, I will show, like, snippets in my stories of, like, real life or different things. But on the other hand, honestly, because I'm doing this, it doesn't get that bad. It really never does. So it's hard for me to craft something that looks like it's a mess, like a crazy before and after, because it's so easy to keep everything clean <laughs> when you're Maybe doing it. Maybe just let your high schooler not clean their room for a couple weeks. <laughs> right. You know what? She's the best one. And she's like, definitely her room is... <laughs> it's pretty good. So I, I um, have said she should be a professional organizer because she can go through my stuff and just do, 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 and organize things like crazy. But Must be genetic, your grandmother and you. Right. And <laughs> passing this down. Right. <laughs> what about getting help from your partner and getting that buy-in? I think it's been something that's been talked about more and more over the past several years about how moms and especially working moms still manage the majority of this kind of like household cleaning, organizing stuff. Do you have any advice for getting the whole family on board? We talked about the kids a little bit, but about your partner as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think that this has really come into like it's almost magnified with the pandemic because most people have all been home under the same roof. So you're all making messes all day long. I mean, it's real apparent where the jobs are divided. And I think that it's it's interesting to see that people still continue to with their same roles even though everyone's at home essentially with the same schedule now. Like yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a two hour commute. You're, you know, you've been home You're all here. day. You're here. <laughs> like we've, we're all, so I think I, I'm just curious. My husband had to, he was still going to work. So nothing felt really that different for me, for us, except for that the kids were home all the time. But I think that when you're home, if you're home during the day, there are things that you can get done that's going to make your evenings easier. So whether you're throwing in a load of laundry now, if I'm home and my husband's at work, I could leave that laundry for him to put in when he gets home, but it only is going to take me a couple minutes. So I'm just going to put it in. <laughs> but he folds and puts away his laundry. So he might say, hey, I forgot to throw this in. Can you wash it for me? I, mean, I don't fold his laundry. He puts it away. But it's mostly because he doesn't like how I fold things. So, like, <laughs> so I have that to my advantage. <laughs> but planned incompetence. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's hard because 
at some point, if you don't love to clean and you need help, because we all need help, regardless if we're home all day with 12 kids or you're at work and you're coming home, you have to be able to say, hey, can we do this together? Can you help me? I mean, I I find that most of the time when you're people aren't even saying it. Like you're not vocalizing it. You're internalizing it and then saying being mad because they didn't think to help. Yeah. <laughs> but it can also be how they grew up too. And if there are certain roles that were done by certain parents, that's going to be hard to kind of transpose and mediate in your own family. So you need to say, hey, let's clean up the kitchen together. It gets done so much more quickly this way. And that's something that I've done myself. And sometimes everyone pitches in and sometimes it feels like I'm the only one that cares. So you just have to say it and hope that they're going to help and pitch in. The other thing is I'll want something done right now. (laughs) If I want it done right now, I'm going to have to do it. But if I want it done and I just want it done, then my husband will help. But if he is doing something else or isn't available at that moment, that's okay. Like you have to kind of say, okay, it's not important to them right now. But if you say, hey, can you do this at some point today, it'll get done. You just kind of have to be really cognizant of A, saying what you need rather than expecting that they're going to know because they won't. (laughs) And I I do, I have quite a few followers who have just shared the, like my free calendar with their family and put it on the fridge, everyone will check things off. I do know my husband has a friend whose wife found me <laughs> and he's like, thanks a lot because now she's got me doing all these things. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you definitely, I don't know. You, I always say, just blame it on me. You say, clean mama says I have to do this today. Do you want to help? <laughs> That's good. Open communication. It just comes back to open communication anytime we talk about couples. Right. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. I think it's also interesting when they don't even notice what's being done. That can happen sometimes too, especially if someone in their house always did it that wasn't them. Their parents didn't teach them. Like, oh, it never even crossed my mind that that's a task that needs to happen. I just thought it happened. So that open communication is important, letting them know what you need help with. Well, and also knowing what people's like dirt level is at. My husband's totally fine with a different level of dirt than I am. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't see things. That I see. He doesn't see this mess or that mess. My kids don't always see that mess or this mess, but I see it. Some people don't, like, honestly don't see those things. And so it's it's that communication that you have to, don't be mad because they don't see it. They just don't see it. <laughs> yeah. And they just might not have the same, it might not be as important to them for them to be, they were like, this is clean enough. This is yeah. fine. <laughs> right. Right. And it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> for them. any other advice for moms just starting a cleaning routine or maybe restarting one with everyone at home making messes all the time i always come up with something that you can say to yourself to encourage yourself and to kind of keep going i my little slogan is every day a little something because i try to it doesn't you don't have to have everything perfect all in one day just doing something every day is really helpful. And even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's that you made your bed, I mean, it is hard. And right now in the state of everything, it's nice to have, to be able to come home to a place that's clean. It's your safe haven because right now what's outside our four walls feels really 
depressing. So (laughs) having things clean and orderly and having a consistent routine, it's helpful because it also keeps you focused on things other than the news or pandemic numbers or whatever else it might be. Like just giving that sense of normalcy, I think is really helpful rather than letting things kind of spiral out of control in your home because everything else is too. And I love how routines take some of that decision fatigue out too of like, what am I going to clean today? What am I going to do today? It's like, okay, nope, this is Monday. We do this and just taking it off your plate. Absolutely. All right, Becky, before we let you go, we have to do something a little silly and we have to have you try on our Smart Money Mama's sorting hat. Okay. (laughs) Don't know if you're a Harry Potter family, but the sorting hat is our version of the hot seat where we ask the magical hat to reveal something about you. Are you ready? Sure. What's a big goal you're working towards right now? Oh, goodness. A big goal that I am working towards right now is, goodness, <laughs> I I am trying to get all, like, all debt paid off. That's, like, Ooh. so there's, so that's, that's my big goal. That is a big goal. Do you have a target of when you want to be done with it by? I would like to be done with it today. No. <laughs> Three years ago. <laughs> right. No, by the end of the year. So we're pretty close. Ooh, so that's, that's kind of awesome. My, yeah, that's that's something we've been working towards. Well, happy early congratulations Thanks. on your debt-free journey. That's amazing. Where can people follow you, download your free calendar? You can find me anywhere online at, at Clean Mama. It's C-L-E-A-N-M-A-M-A. And then my blog is cleanmama.com. There is a free printable tab. So you'll want to go there and you can sign up for my email list by putting your email address and then you'll get the free printable password. And I have tons of downloads there for you. There's introduction to the cleaning routine, the cleaning calendars, everything's all there. And then if you want more information about the cleaning routine, you can go to my start here page. That is where you can find me. Becky, thank you so much for sharing your business journey and your cleaning routine. This was fantastic. Thank you. It's great to be with you today, Chelsea. Mamas, I love Becky's story of building a business from a passion she couldn't stop telling her friends about, going through stages of growth from Etsy to her own platform to a physical product line. Such an amazing mompreneur tale. But I'm also a huge fan of how simple she keeps her cleaning routine. With young kids and busy schedules, it can feel impossible to stay on top of everything. Yet Becky makes it straightforward and manageable. As always, I've wrapped up my three favorite takeaways from this chat with Becky to help make your cleaning routine at home a little less overwhelming. First, do a little every day. I loved that Becky didn't tell us we had to start from a perfectly clean home for her system to work, because as she said, for some people, that's just going to feel impossible. Instead, make a list of clutter in your home and tackle one thing per day. You'll start to see progress and build a habit of regularly cleaning and decluttering. But this idea of doing a little bit every day helps us in so many other areas than just organization. We've talked about it before with money, right? Don't try to fix everything at once. Just find the small steps to take and do that a little bit every day. Celebrate small wins and keep moving forward. It doesn't have to be perfect to be amazing. Second, make cleaning normal and not something to dread. Getting your kids involved in the household cleaning makes everything easier. And let's be honest, it'll make their homes more fun to visit when they're older. But like so many things we teach our kids, the language we use about it matters. And not just when we're asking them to clean, but when we are cleaning ourselves. 
As Becky says, try to follow a system like the one on Clean Mama so that you don't approach cleaning as something horrible and dreadful that's going to take all day on Saturday, but just as a normal task that you're going to tackle and move on. Make it a non-event. And then appreciate out loud how nice your home feels when things aren't cluttered and they stay clean. That way your kids start to appreciate a simple, clean space too. And this is another lesson that comes back to money. We have talked about how we use language with spending, with budgeting, so that our kids have a positive relationship with money. Four things we want them to view as just a normal part of life, not something scary, not something overwhelming. We need to watch our own behavior and our own language. Finally, if you want to start a side hustle or a business, focus on something that you A, love talking about, and that B, solves a problem for people. Successful businesses solve problems. They make life easier or more enjoyable for people or for other business owners. But a fantastic, profitable, thriving business like Becky's happens at the intersection of passion and problem solving. Becky found joy in how easily her cleaning routine worked for all different families and stages of life. She loved talking about it and sharing it, and it solved a big issue for people, how to keep their homes tidy and clean, spaces that were a haven instead of overwhelming. If you want to start a business or a side hustle, look for that intersection and practice explaining what you do in terms of the problems you solve. People will be more excited to hear about it and more ready to pay you when they see the benefit for themselves. You've got this. Mamas, I want to thank Becky again for coming on the show and sharing the story and strategy of Clean Mama. You can find links to her site and download your free meal planning printables in the show notes at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Becky. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe in your podcast app and tell a friend. We appreciate you. Keep talking money, mamas. I'll see you next time.